This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to break the silence and open up the dialogue around the topics of miscarriage and baby loss. No more shame. No more taboo. Let's ditch it for the sake of our children. The ones who are. The ones who will come. And in memory of the ones who never came to be. This is the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast. Hello, welcome to Hello. week five of the mini series. Yeah, today I, we're going to be what? Oh, sorry, you're going. More yeah, I was just going to say I've been I've been calling it a summer mini mini a summer mini series, but it's it's not. It doesn't fit, no a summer. it doesn't feel like summer, and b no. by the time this one goes out, it will be autumn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I don't think anyone knows that we're calling it a summer mini series, do they? Okay, I'll stop calling it that. Okay, let's just call it a mini series. Cool. Welcome to episode five of the mid year mini series. <laughs> mid 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 to mid year to... mini. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. Um, today we're going to be tackling the topic. Oh, I'm surprised I got that. All that. Oh, bugger. Uh, we're going to be tackling the topic of trying to conceive and the two week wait. Uh, no, we're not. Oh, okay. The two week wait we... comes in a different episode. Uh, okay. Cool. 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 Um, so is it just trying to conceive? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Today we're going to be the tackling the topic of trying to conceive. <laughs> I don't know if they'll let it that bit out, but we'll see. Huh? Ah, don't bother. Don't bother. Um, yeah, I mean, trying to conceive, pff, even before before loss, is just a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, incredibly well, shit. But I think for you, so- you didn't yeah. know whether you could have children no, because I didn't having get, regular I didn't periods, get periods or anything. Well, that was it. That for me, that was the mind mind fuckery. Was that I never got periods, so I was testing all the time because I didn't know. I was I was young as well. You know, I was twenty two, twenty three, no, twenty four. So I was kind of testing like you know every other day because I didn't know if I'd ovulated. I didn't know if I was having periods. I didn't know if I if I could be pregnant. And that was that was tough. That was a long long time of um. But you Just got some great advice from the GP, didn't you? Oh, yeah. GPs. Well, so when I was, so when I got my first period when I was 11 or 12 and then nothing after that for months and months and months. And then I had about four really horrible, heavy periods, maybe less, maybe three, where I had to be off school. You know, I was sick. I was bleeding so heavily. And um, it was back in the day. I know sex education is a lot better now, but it was back in the day when I was too embarrassed to tell anyone. So I didn't really talk to anyone about it mm. apart from my mum. And um, she took me to the doctor, obviously. And the doctor said, I said, I'm really worried because I don't have periods that so I'm not going to be able to um, get pregnant. And obviously I was only 15 at the time. 
And the doctor said, well, do you want to start a family now? And I was like, well, no. And they went, well, unless you're having periods, if you're not having periods, you're not ovulating. If you're not ovulating, you can't get pregnant. So when you found, you know, when you're, when you're older and you get married or whatever and try for a year, and if you're still not having any luck, then come back to see, see us. Mm. So I just left feeling like stupid, um, like a child and also just no better off. Like, you, you know, I, well, it confirmed my, my fears really that I wouldn't be able to have children unless something changed. And it was really difficult to carry that moving forward. I then went on to have, um, my parents insured me privately and I went on to have some operations to decide what to try and find out what was wrong. So I had a laparoscopy yeah. and a, uh, I think that was it. And they removed a couple of cysts from my ovaries and they said, it kind of looks like polycystic ovary syndrome, but I didn't really have any symptoms of that apart from the super irregular slash not at all periods. Yeah. <clears throat> so they put me on the pill. So then they said, you know, it's important to, ha- to have a bleed every month and all the rest of it. So they they directly put me on the pill. But every time I started a new relationship, you know, when it got serious, I didn't know whether to say anything mm. or or not to say anything. And that I found that really, really tough. And then when Mark and I decided that we wanted to have children, I came off the pill and didn't just didn't have anything at all. And then and that's when I found only Pure, pure chance a friend of mine at the time ran a kind of um health uh you know complimentary health place clinic and she recommended acupuncture and I had one round of acupuncture and then I had um two weeks later I had a period and then I was pregnant two two weeks after that so the next time I ovulated after that and that's been every time every time I've um fallen pregnant I've gone to acupuncture first. Ironically, the only time is that um, when I lost the baby, I didn't yeah. have acupuncture. So that was a surprise. And that was, couldn't have acupuncture. We decided that we wanted a baby, but I couldn't have acupuncture because it was COVID. Uh. So they closed everything. And then, oh no, it wasn't. I couldn't have acupuncture afterwards because of COVID. I found out I was pregnant about two days into the lockdown. Um. But I, I never, we never used contraception because we knew we wanted another baby. Yeah. So I just didn't, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I found out I was pregnant by complete surprise. Um, but then I couldn't, you know, by the time I found out I was pregnant, I couldn't go and see the acupuncturist yeah. because he was only allowed to see people on a medical basis. And then I, and then I lost the baby. So I, I, I'm, I'll never know whether that's linked, you know, the fact that I didn't have acupuncture. And that's just something that, you know, you accept. Well, I've had to come to terms with and, and accept, but... Yes, yeah, it's, it's um it's tough trying trying for a baby. Trying for a baby before you I mean, I'll never know how it was trying for a baby without having any known problems. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Not you know, you don't just for me it was never just stop using protection and get down to it. It was never like that. So I don't know what that's like. I it think it does baffle me that 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 happens. <laughs> yeah, but I mean you you had so what, what was there sort of an when you first started trying, was it exciting or yeah, I remember I went for brunch with my friends, not like a boozy brunch, like an actual, like, you know, avocado and eggs brunch. And um, I went, we were there, we were sat there. I was 28 and Scoop and I had been together for four years. And I just said, right, that's it, guys. I'm going to have a baby. And they were like, what? I said, yep, yeah, I had my implant out. And I'd been in my job long enough to be able to get maternity pay. And I said, right, that's it. You know, we're, we're trying now. 
Um, and then one of my friends got was getting married in the summer and I said to the girls, it's okay, I'll drive because I'll be pregnant by then. Oh, I feel like such a twat, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, alas, I wasn't pregnant. It was just coming up to a year, well, it was a year of trying. I went to the doctors and they said, are you having sex every two to three days? I was like, yes, but, you know, that's how you try for a baby. Um, and then they said, okay, we'll refer you. But it was November time. So the appointment wasn't going to be until after Christmas. And then it was on Christmas Eve that I found out that um, that I was pregnant. But consequently, subsequently, consequently, subsequently, lost subsequently. it. Um, and every time, I mean, I've been pregnant quite a lot, uh, but every time it's come out up to a year and, you know, the, the, the long enough for me to be able to be sent for testing, um, I've then fallen pregnant again. So, yeah, I never had the, uh, the general fertility testing that one would have, mm. um, but yeah, sometimes trying to conceive would there'd be a, a long, long period in between, up to a year, and other times it would just you know I would fall pregnant the next cycle. But I always felt like I was chasing dates. We've talked about this before, like yeah, when you've gone through well, even before you go through loss, I don't know why, but March is really hard because you if you don't fall pregnant by March, you're not going to have a baby by Christmas. You're not going to have a baby this year. Um. And that was always really tricky. But then chasing dates of losses and due dates, um, I'd always think, well, I just want to be pregnant before it gets to that due date. Or I want to be pregnant before yeah. the one year anniversary. Um, it just zaps all of the joy out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it it really does. I think it's so, it, that date chasing, that kind of overthinking and all the stuff that goes with it and the regimented sex and the, you know, you I think you almost get to a point where you feel like we talked about this last week, I think, but when you feel like sex outside of the fertile window is a bit of a waste <laughs> yeah. and um, it just becomes a process, doesn't it? Just part of what the, the end goal. And certainly for me, that's how it felt. And I know my, um, uh, my husband at the time was similar, just, you know, felt like a kind of sperm donation bank. Mm. I always used to get the real hump if he came home from work grumpy or we would bicker that day because I think I don't want to have fucking sex with you now because you pissed me off but I feel like I have to and if I don't then it's wasted um you know we've missed this opportunity mm. it's really hard yeah I remember feeling similar but the other way like not wanting to argue not wanting to not you know if if anything I'd bite, like biting my tongue a lot Yes, yeah, I would. But he like, wouldn't because he wouldn't know that it was yeah. it was time because I tried to keep it a little bit spontaneous or make him think it was a little <laughs> bit spontaneous. Didn't uh, you? I remember you telling me once that really made me laugh that in the end you, you have a, an app that tells you when you're ovulating. The and flowers the are on the vine. Yeah, <laughs> the flowers on the vine just shout down the garden. He, he'd say, why have you got the hump with me? And I'd roll over in bed and be like, oh, nothing. And then like a couple of days later, I'd say, well, we've missed the opportunity this month. That's it. We're not going to get pregnant this month. And he was like, why didn't you tell me? So I was yeah. like, right, fine. I'm going to tell you. Screenshot. It's time. I was on the vine. 
<laughs> yeah period tracker it is for anyone if anyone is on period there. tracker that's all I think that's I still use it actually I use it for like recording my mental we were just talking before we went online about now I don't know why but I no, the, the such irony for me is that since my last child was born I am um, I now have reasonably regular periods the like first every, time ever for the first time ever in my life yeah <laughs> For like between six and eight weeks, so not super regular, and it's never when I expect it. But ovulation, I struggle with so much. I'm like a crazy person. I can't stop crying. I can't sleep. Get spots all over my neck. I just feel like shit. And then I never because it's not regular. I never recognise when it is until I'm in it. And then yeah. I don't. I, and then I don't realise I'm in it. And then I'm like, why do I feel so horrible about myself? No like one it's... loves me. Yeah. <laughs> And then I usually like give someone a really hard time and then go, oh, hang on, stand down. I'm ovulating. I'm, I might just I might just go dark for a couple of days. I'll see you on the other I, side. I always, always knew when I was ovulating. I didn't even really need the app, but you have it anyway, just to just to make sure. But I could feel which side the egg was coming from. Like I could feel the twinges in in my ovaries. Um and of course, the old cervical mucus. The egg white. Yes. And that's, you've got, so, there's so many things to look for, isn't there? Because I, I think when I first started trying before I'd had loss, I'm very much a person. I am, well, as you know, I'm like all or nothing. So mm-hmm. I was like temperature tracking, cervical mucus checking. This is before I even really knew, because I think probably because my situation was never straightforward. Yeah. I wanted to give it the best. Because because also I thought if I I don't want to miss that, if I ovulate, I might not ovulate again for another year or six months or whatever. I don't want to miss it. So I was really keen on reading up about everything. And so I guess I knew a lot about the fertile window and the symptoms of ovulation, um, probably more than most people who were just trying. What but was I your peeing vessel? My peeing what? vessel? Yeah, your peeing vessel. What did you carry around with you? It was a shot oh, glass, wasn't it? It was a shot glass. Yeah, it was a um, I can't remember the name. Like this Austrian, <laughs> we got given this like Austrian liqueur thing for Christmas to two <laughs> shot glasses in like a gift set, and I used to take a carry round one every day in my handbag and pee in it and test it. But once I, <laughs> I was out and I was at, so my mum and dad run a um tourist attraction called Fisher's Farm Park, uh, over in West Sussex, and I went there. Um, and I <laughs> left a shot. Basically, I left a shot glass of pee on the top of the toilet by accident. I forgot it was there and realised like halfway through the day that it was there and just had this image of someone going to <laughs> pee in the toilets at my parents' tourist attraction <laughs> find, and finding a shot glass full of wee on the back of the toilet. But oh, I, dear. yeah, you just do what you got to do, don't you? We've and talked then, about peeing vessels on one of these, um, one of our drop-ins before, and there's been lots of conversation about what is the best thing to use. And it turned out that if anyone's partners use protein powder, the little scoops. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's got the little handle, um, so you don't have to get wee on your fingers. But then someone else yeah. uses a jam jar because they can just put the lid on. Yeah, that's true. I think anything that's not necessarily going to go back into circulation around the kitchen would yeah. be a, a good shout. Yeah, um, I have to admit that I've done that before. But, you know, washing up liquid. Just rinse it. Just rinse yeah. it, put it back. You're in <laughs> sterile anyway, isn't it? 
but I remember the things you do. I remember um, with the temperature, you know, that was the main one. And this is going back 13, 14 years now as well. So I don't know if the advice and stuff is the same, but temperature tracking, you have to take it before you get out of bed, don't you? Yeah, before you even move, right? Before I, you I've move. never done it. Haven't you? No. So if you get up in the middle of the night or near enough to when you wake up, it's basically useless. Yeah. And I remember feeling like such a failure and feeling like, you know, that's, I've just missed this opportunity to to check where I am. If I would if I got up by accident or if I'd, you know, gone to the loo a couple of hours mm-hmm. before or whatever, I'd be like, oh, that's completely useless now. And you just, I think there's a lot to be said because I know that Hannah recommends if you're doing too much, Hannah Pern, mm-hmm. if you just strip back until you're doing something that you're comfortable with. Yeah. Whether that's the cheapy Amazon uh ovulation tests which is what I did latterly Mm. or if you're good at at temperature checking because it also if you're if you've got another if you're if you've already had a child and then um and that's and you're looking to conceive your second or or thereafter I think the temperature thing is really difficult because you're often up in the night and stuff and yeah the first thing you do when you get up in the morning is go and get your child or whatever and then you realize and it's and it just sets you up for a bit of a fall I think yeah yeah I used the um more recently used the the smiley ones the smiley face things oh okay but they were never great I always felt like they either sometimes there wouldn't be what the clear blue ones yeah or sometimes there would be there would be no flashing smiley and there would be a solid just a solid smiley Mm. you think oh great I've missed that um yeah I never, I, I, I did use them, but I found it difficult because I never knew when I was going to ovulate. So, you know, you do it every day. They're expensive. They're expensive, right? So what I did was buy the cheap ones off Amazon. And when the line looked like it was getting darker, I then used the flashies. And also having acupuncture as well, which was quite well-timed acupuncture. Yeah. So I did a kind of combination. But I was doing like two, two tests a day. Like I'm mental. I'm completely mental. I think... Though lots of other people probably do that as well. And then let's not forget all of the bloody vitamins and pills that we take while we're trying to conceive. Spend all of this money on medications that don't necessarily make you feel any better. They are just for this trying to conceive process. And then, yeah, and then you don't get pregnant. And you've got to start taking them all again. Like the COQ10 is the, the coenzyme Q10 is the big one. It's like £30 per month. What does it do? Um, it helps, <clears throat> don't quote me on this, it's to do with egg quality. Okay. It, yeah, it, it stops like the free radicals or something like that. Stops stops damage to your eggs. Hopefully it doesn't stop the new radicals. Because they're a great band. Oh, it's a good tune. I put that on a recent playlist. Wake up, kids. We got the dreamers disease. Yeah, I love that. Um, and also, I think that exacerbates the feeling, the ugly feelings when you're doing all this and you're chugging unicorn piss and, you know, having sex on crazy places and then swinging your legs up in the air. Yeah, I think it exacerbates the feeling, the ugly feelings when you see it. We got pregnant our first month of trying. Steve's really disappointed. Lol. It mm. makes you just feel like, oh, fuck off. Like as you open your 15th jar of 
pills to swallow. Yeah, it just feels like failure. And the more you invest in it, like not money-wise, I mean hope, um, yeah. the harder it hits. So the warriorship, we wanted to come and tell you a little bit about it, didn't we, Bex? And in case you're already going, why? We don't want to know about a fucking ship. The Warriorship is our online membership for warriors in this community. It's packed full of stuff. So we just want to tell you about some of the stuff. All of the content from all of the courses that we ever run is in the Warriorship. So there's loads to get your teeth into. And we are also developing modules for what happens after. But not only that, we've also got a ton of educational workshops running once a month in the coming months we have got body positivity workshop gratitude workshop and loads 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 more and on top of that we also have a resident mental health specialist and on top of that it's if that wasn't enough there's 13 events every month and there's stuff popping up all the time as well that other people are organizing that you can be a part of so it really is thriving and all you have to do is head to the link in our bio or visit our website and you can be a part of this too we love to see you there the belief that we've all had since often since childhood of if you work hard you'll get what you want Mm -hmm. because there is no one working harder (laughs) than a woman trying to conceive right yeah um doing all the things having sex on all the days keeping all the charts, taking all the pills and then still not getting pregnant. It's, mm. it's torturous, isn't it? It's really, really hard. Yeah. And seeing and doing that. And I think the, the shame of it is, is that most people, most people when they're trying to conceive are in their friendship groups and their families are in a similar age bracket to people that are having babies, obviously. So yeah. there's, it's just everywhere. And as soon as you're trying to conceive, if you're struggling or if you've had a loss, you suddenly see announcements and pregnancies and big fat pregnant women looking all smug and bumpy and stroking themselves and stroking their bumps, I should say. (laughs) Stroking themselves. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and it just makes you feel so low. Yeah, I always talked about it as like, um, you know, those those, uh, travelator things at the, the airports when everyone goes on them and they're just whizzing past you and they seem to be walking with such ease, don't they? They're, they're almost a little bit bouncy and floaty and you're like walking on the, the actual floor. Like I've got to get to this gate, lugging, yeah. lugging, your, lug, lugging your luggage. And they're lugging just, the luggage, just yeah. strolling past all nice and chilled. And you're like, fuck you. I'm trying yeah. harder than you. Yeah. And that's, that's it, isn't it? It's that you, you just feel like if you're trying harder, you should be getting further and it's not fair. It's not fair. It's the main mm. thing. It's the main feeling of like, why not me? Why her? Mm. What she got that's so special with her fucking fancy eggs yeah. and his fucking super sperm. And and you start to doubt yourself. And I don't know about you, but it leaked into other parts of my life. Being And I think it retrospectively, looking back now, it always did. Not having periods and not being, and I'm doing the, Funny what's that called? It's not called bunny ears, though. What's it called? Well, everyone will know. I'm doing the bunny ears here. <laughs> um, normal. Not having a, a normal fertility system, I think, leaked into lots of area, other areas of my life in terms of confidence and feeling like part of, you know, feeling like I belonged. I did. I really didn't feel very feminine. 
I suppose. Yeah, I wouldn't say leaked into. I would say drowned other parts of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely sort of swamped everything. Friendships, work, life, socialising, When you started trying. Yeah, and other people were just, you know, on the travelator at the airport. Yeah. I think... I think that definitely, definitely when you start trying that it does like to overtake every part of your life. But for me, when I've always, what I've always known being that being having a wonky system is what I've always, always known. So Mm. I don't know like how I would be if I didn't, but I do definitely think that now it it did affect me. It did affect the way I felt about myself always has always has. And it's only now really that I've had a lot of counseling and stuff. I sort of come to terms with it. I never put much, weight on it because I just thought oh, it's just one of those things but as you do when you're when you're a child you just take it take lots of stuff for granted don't you but now I, I realized that it really did it did weigh heavy on me for a long long time and sort of made me question you know everything about myself like why can't mm. I just be fucking normal I don't know why can't I be normal like not one area of my life I feel normal on in yeah yeah I always felt like less of a woman um yeah it's it's really hard and you know trying to conceive after loss as well um when you have that you're really trying and you're invested and you're hoping for a positive test and then you get the fucking positive test and you're like oh shit it doesn't feel good yeah. anymore it's yeah. not exciting I remember the first time I um got a positive pregnancy test it was magic we we were in the bathroom and we hugged and we were like oh my god this is amazing and then it was Christmas Eve so we went out that night and I was like I'll drive and I was driving to the pub um and we had to go over the speed bumps I was like we need to go carefully over the speed bumps I'm carrying precious cargo what a twat honestly honestly but, yeah, then, but you're you're not a twat. It's only retrospectively that you you know that if you like gone on to ha- yeah, if you'd have gone on to have a healthy pregnancy, it would still be a lovely memory. But it's only when you think back on it, and it, yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? Because I I felt exactly the same. I was like, I'm showing really early. Um, I guess it still is much. a love lovely memory. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I didn't know how you felt about that. And then the next morning, we went to see our best friends, who we went to, we used to go and see them every morning for a. Christmas sarnie and glass of champagne um and she was bloody pregnant they were telling us and we were due like the same within a couple of days of each other and we were like this is amazing it's magic Um, and you get I guess you get into that whole oh this is meant to be and you know, you go down that route route of being oh god don't you read into so much stuff everything Mm. everything like what what do you mean well, um, so I think you try to sort of recreate situations that helped you get pregnant before. So, so for me, that first time I was wasted at a Christmas party. Yeah. And so yeah. after after a couple of, um, after like I was wasted at when I would have been about four weeks. So I, I was actually spotting with early pregnancy, like implantation spotting. Um, implantation bleeding I thought it was my period and then I got slaughtered um so after like miscarriages two three four I thought fuck it I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try the whole getting pissed thing again when I should be getting a positive pregnancy test and see if that works (laughs) did it it? no no 
no but yeah I just would try and special dates as well I think hang on this lines up if I was the full pregnant this cycle I would have a baby on a particular day and that that, that's my lucky number this is gonna work yeah it's gonna work this month yeah, that's that's hard when you talk. It's it's torture, isn't it? It's overthinking torture that you go, oh, and then if you if you already have a child, oh, and if I have the baby now, there'll be a two two year age gap, and that's the same as me and my brother, or you know, mm-hmm. or me and my cousin got on really well, and there was that much gap between them, and so that would be lovely. And you've only got your own life to compare your future life to, haven't you? And mm-hmm. I think that's the difficulty. A lot of women that I speak to in the gang who are trying for a subsequent child have have that stuck in their head I want this age gap between my children and when that doesn't work out they almost grieve that as well grieve grieve the fact they're not gonna you know once that once that milestone has passed once they're not gonna have a two-year age gap between their children the same as them and their brother or sister for example Mm. once that milestone has passed they then have to grieve that as well I'm not gonna have the same situation that my parents had I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna my children are not going to know what it's like to grow up with a sibling of this of this age gap like I did and that's tough as well isn't it because we can only as I said we can only prepare ourselves for what's to come by looking at what we've been through and if you had an idyllic childhood with a certain age gap between you and your Mm. siblings or your cousins or your friends whatever then it's really difficult not to want to recreate that for your own family yeah I guess maybe we maybe we shouldn't put so much pressure on it but I don't know how (laughs) how we don't do that because you're right you get something in your head that you think is going to work for you Um, but generally things tend to work out anyway don't they I, I from personal experience after Bertie we started trying straight away because we wanted it would have been 15 months if I'd have fallen pregnant straight away, but we wanted babies close together. Mm. Um, And now we don't have babies close together, but we, it, it has, it feels like it's worked out in a better way, although it was longer and it was more losses and it was harder and took its toll. You know, I've got a new baby and, the older one is off to school soon so financially things are easier I don't know how I would have done it if it had worked out the way I was obsessing over Mm. yeah yeah it's but as you say when you're in that moment and you're desperate for that it it does it becomes an obsession it certainly for me it became an obsession and it was all I could think about it's all I could do you know and actually testing and reading and looking at apps and stuff was for me a form of medicine I suppose it's sort of sort of this is I I wanted to always feel like I was processing something moving something along and before my first before I was pregnant with my first child I was all booked into IVF clinics because I got fast track because I didn't have periods so I didn't have to try for a year so I think you have to try, I actually, I don't even know, I don't think I even had to try six months or anything, but I got fast-tracked into IVF because they said it's unlikely that I'd be able to get pregnant by myself because of they couldn't diagnose the problem, basically. Mm. Um, and as long as, like, you know, so I got a private health, like, IVF appointment booked in the diary, and then I felt a little bit better because I felt like I was doing something. And I think, I don't know whether it's good advice or not, but as long as you feel like you're doing something proactive, 
it sort of yeah. helps, even if it's just something for you, like a reflexology appointment or something that, that like reflexology and acupuncture both have, you can have them for fertility. And I've mm. had, I have both. And I obviously having just explained my acupuncture journey, I would highly, highly recommend because worst case but scenario. see a fertility specialist though. Yes, definitely, definitely. Advice. There are people who do it specifically for fertility. Yeah. Um, not like the old boy from the local town who's got a clinic. And a couple of needles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely see it as a fertility specialist. But at worst, it's like half an hour of quite sort of chilled, relaxing time. And if yeah. you're not a needles fan, you um, it, it's not as nearly as bad as you think. You don't even feel it really going No, in. No, you don't feel it. Um, yeah, it is nice chill time. Mm. I don't think I ever didn't snore. Yeah. Relaxing. Look up, if you're into that sort of stuff, look up Rachel Sheriff. She is our specialist fertility acupuncturist and fertility expert. And, and uh, Hannah she... Pern as well. Oh. Um, yes, I agree with you um, about feeling like you're doing something. So yeah. if you if that something is something that, um, you know, helps you chill out, relax and has fertility benefits, if you can roll all of those into one, then fantastic. Um but yeah, there's there's so much that you can do. And I think what people find most overwhelming about trying to conceive, especially now. So now it's now there's so much more out there. So it's great because you have the knowledge and you can get advice back then, you know, when I was doing this in in the first instance, um, there wasn't as much information easily accessible. Mm. Um, but now I feel like we know so much we don't even know where to start mm. and this is what we get from uh, when we have the drop-ins in the warriorship and chat to the girls who are trying to conceive often they are so overwhelmed they might have a little bit of money set aside to put towards this but they don't know where to spend that money you yeah could, if you go down every avenue it's just costs so much money and is exhausting and time and, yeah and, yeah and, and it's a waste as well because there are lots of things that if you see a professional and they can look at your whole story and look at what you do need to be tested for and what things you should be trying to rule out first um and that Rachel Sheriff did that for me in my last pregnancy and I'll be forever grateful and Rachel's great as well because she offers a, a free uh, consultation, doesn't she, over Skype yeah. or so she does or free whatever. fifteen minutes, um, yeah. Which is basically she gets a brief history and she can um, she can tell you whether she can help you or not, um, mm. and some basic bits of advice. But um, in her long consultation that she does, honestly, for those of you who have been on this journey for a long time and have seen lots of professionals, for me, I. I have never felt as listened to and understood and as hopeful as my consultation with her because you just feel like when someone looks at all aspects, not just the one that they are a specialist doctor in, um, you, you just feel like they've got the proper picture of what's going on. So the decisions to make from there are better because they have all of the information. But anyway, we didn't plan on coming on here and talking about Rachel. Um, but 
she was a big part of my TTC journey and but, and, recommender. but the I mean we essentially Rachel's Rachel's bag is trying to conceive right and this is a podcast about trying to conceive yeah so I think we're doing all right I think I don't think we've gone too far off the beaten track no and also it's worth mentioning that we have a whole course content um within our membership on trying to conceive after loss and yeah. it's it's trying to conceive as well obviously trying to conceive is trying to conceive but trying to conceive after loss has that added weight of you know what could happen I think mm. and that's that's a really difficult I I found having sex after loss quite difficult and traumatic by itself I found the first period after my miscarriage was unbelievably heavy the first time I ovulated after my miscarriage was unbelievably painful like to the point where I couldn't actually have sex it was so painful Mm. and that adds this whole layer of trauma of it's terrifying isn't it and and you you touched on it earlier like you when you see that positive pregnancy test if and when you see that positive pregnancy test it's not it's it's no longer has that magical element to when you've seen one before you've had a loss and I think it adds a really confusing layer of trauma to an already sort of broken, bashed about heart because you're either in the camp of, I don't want to try again because it might happen again, or you're in the camp of, I want to try again as soon as possible because my arms are empty and my heart is broken. And I was in the latter. (laughs) And I think you were as well, weren't you? You just Mm -hmm. wanted to try again straight away. But then when I fell pregnant, I had loads, and we're going to talk about this in another episode, but I had so much like guilt and you know that's really confusing as well to to begin that trying to conceive journey after you've had a loss because some of you might feel the way I felt which is like you feel like sort of letting down the baby that died because it's like drawing a line under it and saying okay well that's happened yeah yeah that feeling and of course it's not we all know that it's not but somewhere in you in my subconscious somewhere was like oh okay got over that pretty quickly what if people think oh she's just like yeah cracking on she's fine because you do, you still, you can grieve and try to conceive simultaneously, can't you? Yeah, or you can try to conceive and block off the grieving. And uh, yeah, which you wouldn't recommend now, no. I, now, I, no wouldn't, which... I wouldn't recommend that. I would, don't do that. <laughs> You're taking <laughs> years of untangling <laughs> in a it. web of yeah. trauma. Yeah. Uh, anywho, right. Um, that's it for today. Sorry, it's a bit rambly. We like to do these things off the cuff, don't we? We we, We're authentic. We don't... um... Edgy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get us in our raw form. Raw source. Rambling. Yeah. And if I hope that this has helped, even if it's just helped one of you feel like you're less crazy or you're, you know, this is a normal feelings, normal situation, normal, bunny is normal. There's no really, not really any such thing as normal. we hope that it's made you feel better. Yeah. And we hope that Rachel Sheriff gets some business because we love her. Yeah, I'm sure she will. Yeah, sure um, she will. Look her up. We'll put the links in the um, show notes. And, show uh, notes! Yeah, that's jazz hands there. <laughs> cool. All right, then. Well, hopefully we'll see you next week. And... Yeah. Ta-ta. TTFN. Flip side. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.